Well, welcome wherever you're watching from. So glad you've decided to join us for this new series on lessons from lockdown. It's fair to say that we've all been in a major global crisis. This pandemic has affected us in different ways. I heard somebody at the beginning of the season say that we're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. For some of you, this season may have been awful, even tragic and painful. Others of you, it may be relatively tranquil and actually quite easy. Some of you may have been feeling more busy and pressure than ever with a combination of homeschooling kids and also working from home. Others of you, it may have been fairly easy. Um, in fact, you've had a bit too much time on your hands. You've been either shielding or you've been on furlough. But wherever we're at, whatever our individual experiences, I believe it's important that we not only, as it were, try and get, just get through this crisis, but we look back to this lockdown season that we're easing our way out of and learn the lessons so that we can navigate the new season really well. Don't know what lessons you've been learning from lockdown. Here's a few things I've learned. Firstly, after two DIY haircuts, I love my barber even more than I thought I did. I've also learned that I'm not missing shopping at all. I've also learned that Man City are still a great football team, with or without fans, but sadly, Liverpool are still going to win the Premier League. And I've learned that Zoom, as helpful as it's been in many ways, is no substitute for, as it were, meeting family and friends in person. But I've also learned a much deeper lesson, and I want to share that lesson with you today as we set out on this Lessons from Lockdown series. And it's based on my own personal experience and also on Paul's letter to the Philippians that we're going to be unpacking uh, throughout this time and I want to use an illustration that I hope may help. Imagine that we're all on a road. We are easing out of lockdown and we're looking ahead to the new season. It's, it's out there. We don't know what it's going to look like. <clears throat> Still feels a bit uncertain. And on either side, there are two ditches, two dangers that we need to avoid. One is there's the ditch of panic the other is the ditch of passivity. So how can we go forward? How can we enter this new season? We need to enter this new season staying out of panic and passivity by adopting an attitude of peaceful proactivity. That's been my number one lesson. An attitude of peaceful proactivity. You see, this is something that I've personally experienced, but as I've been looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians, which was written from lockdown, Paul himself was writing from prison. And so if anybody was in a storm or a crisis, it was Paul. He was confined. He was in a worse situation of lockdown than any of us have experienced. And out there, he's writing to a church that was dear to his heart. It was actually in Philippi in modern-day northeastern Greece. And he's writing to these people. And throughout this beautiful letter, this heartfelt letter, this letter full of love for the church, is the first church that he was involved in planting in Europe. We have not a tone of anxiety or panic. We have an incredible tone running through it of peaceful 
proactivity. And there are other may, many great lessons through Philippians that we're going to be looking at to do with our relationships and our priorities and how we can deal with our thoughts and live in peace and how we can um, develop attitudes of contentment and generosity. But what I want to do is I want to look at both of those words that they're almost like two words that we need to hold in dynamic tension. Peaceful, proactivity. Let's look at each in turn. Firstly, let's look at the word peaceful. We did a recent survey of Kingsgate members and on the survey one of the questions was what are the lessons you've been learning through lockdown and some of the top words were things like patience. We've all had to learn that. The need to slow down but one of the most popular words was the word peace. Peace is so important not just for this lockdown season but as we look ahead to the new season. You see a posture of inner peace helps us in all circumstances, good or bad, crisis or less of a crisis, and it helps us stay out of this ditch of panic. There's a dictionary definition of panic that I want to read to you that I think is is really um, instructive. Panic is sudden, uncontrollable fear or anxiety, often causing wildly unthinking behaviour. Let me read it again. Sudden, uncontrollable fear or anxiety, often causing wildly unthinking behaviour. I believe that actually characterised particularly the early days of lockdown. Remember those days? Literally, we went into lockdown and it was like the, the world went into panic. Remember panic buying? Remember stockpiling of loo rolls and all that kind of stuff? It looks a bit silly now, but actually it was a human response. It was our um, collective response to this sense of fear and anxiety. And many people just veered into a ditch of panic um, due to this uncontrollable fear or anxiety. Why? Because our whole world was being shaken. Things that we'd previously put our trust or our confidence in, we could no longer trust it, you know, whether it be issues of health or job security, things that we just took for granted, freedom to travel, being able to see people, being able to gather together. All those things were taken away and it produced a sense of fear, anxiety and panic. Um, I heard about some young adults that I know who literally were so kind of um, overwhelmed by the the shutdown and the loss of control (laughs) for the first few days. They just started writing lists of all the things they could do, just something to have a sense of something to hold on to. But can I say that fear and anxiety hasn't just gone away? Uh, There was a recent survey in the UK that said still 36% of people in the UK are afraid of even leaving their home. And again, if we look ahead to the new season, I believe there's going to be lots that's good in it, but it is an uncertain time. We don't know what's going to happen with things like the economy and whether we're going to go into a really deep recession. Looks like it's going to be an uncertain time. But one of the great lessons from lockdown that I believe we need to take into this new season is that we can have peace, we can have even a confidence, even in tough times. Let me illustrate. A century ago... An ocean liner sank off the west coast of England, taking many people down with it. There was a 16-year-old galley boy who survived. He was tossed up uh, along the rugged shore, and he survived by clinging all night to a rock. When he was finally rescued, he was asked, didn't you shake as you were clinging all night to that rock? The boy replied, yes, of course. 
but the rock never shook once. I I think that's a a beautiful, true story. Uh, You see, the great news is that in a, a changing world and in tough and insecure situations, we can have peace because there's an unshakable rock that we can cling to even in the midst of the crisis, even in the midst of the storm, almighty God. And this theme of peace and confidence, even joy in crisis, is something that, as as it were, is a tone that runs through, uh, that rings out through this beautiful letter of Philippians. Remember Paul's in prison. He's in lockdown. The church he's writing to is facing opposition and challenge, and yet he addresses his church, this church, with familiar greetings to those who are in Christ. He says this in verse 2. May the blessings of divine grace and supernatural peace that flow from God our wonderful Father and our Messiah, the Lord Jesus, be upon your lives. I love that. Notice there, divine grace and supernatural peace. It's like there's a constant flow. Can I say that heaven isn't fretful? (laughs) Heaven is filled with grace and peace. And if we're in Christ and we, 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 as it were, cling to Christ and, and allow ourselves to be wrapped up in his loving arms, we can enjoy grace and peace even in a storm. You see, peace is a gift that comes from knowing Christ. It flows from knowing that we're forgiven and justified. It flows from the fact that Christ is in us and we are in him. Later on in the series, we're going to do a whole session on practically how to live in peace. We look at chapter four. You might want to read ahead. It's wonderful stuff on how not to be anxious and how to cast our care on Christ and keep our thoughts fixed on him. But for now, I just want to focus on the fact that peace comes from grace. Grace is God's supernatural favor. We didn't deserve it, but he's poured his favor and his love upon us anyway. And secondly, peace comes from a confidence, not in the crisis, not in the situation, but in Christ. Um, Paul displays this true peace based on a confidence in Christ. And he, he feels this way about the Philippians. In chapter 1, verse 6, he says this, being confident of this. Notice there, there's a confidence. Paul is confident in lockdown. He's confident for the believers he's writing to. He says, what's his confidence? That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I love this almost like all-encompassing grace. He says, he who began a good work in you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, God's began a great work in you. You're born again. If you've not yet received Christ, you can receive him during this this service. It says, Paul's confident that he will carry on the good work. He's still working until the day of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite songs of this season is the song Waymaker. Lines that particularly resonate are like this, go like this. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. I remember writing something down in my journal in the early days of lockdown. God is still working even in this season. And then I thought, no, that's not quite right. And I crossed out the word even and wrote especially. God is still working, especially in this season. Can I say God is not actually more God or in in many ways more active during a crisis season. It's just that we're more open. You see, when all that we used to trust in is taken away, we begin to trust in Christ. 
and we can be confident that he's working. He's been working in, in, in my life. He's been working, I believe, amongst us, amongst Christians, but he's also been working in the world. More people than ever have been turning to Christ in a time of crisis. More people have been praying than ever. And that confidence and that peace is based on the fact that he who began a good work in us, he's still working, he's doing stuff and will continue to do stuff in our lives until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, ultimately, our confidence and therefore our peace is based on the fact that no matter what we go through in this life, no matter what storm we're facing or will face, ultimately, Jesus is coming back six times in this letter. There's a reference to the coming of Christ and we're going to be a far better place um, with Christ, new heavens on the new earth. Ultimately, our confidence is in Christ. And that's the first thing. No matter what we go through, we can adopt an attitude of peace. And I found myself during this season in big issues, big situations, but also just sometimes day by day. Maybe I'm going into a meeting and I sense myself tense up. Maybe we're discussing something that's causing anxiety and I'm just learning to just be at peace. Right at the beginning of the season, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to, to rest in me in a new way. Learn the attitude of being peaceful. That's the first thing. But this message is not just about being peaceful. It's about peaceful proactivity. Peaceful proactivity. See, proactivity is necessary because it will help keep us out of the opposite ditch of passivity. You see, in this crisis, we can either display panic or we can end up in passivity. Here's a definition of passivity. The trait of remaining inactive, a lack of initiative. A sort of stereotype of that is we just give up. <laughs> we, we can't do anything, so we just blob out endless hours on Netflix, losing any sense of uh, a will to get up and go. And I believe in many ways, passivity, not as extreme as that, necessarily, is a danger that we can all uh, fall into. You see, because part of what happens in a time like this is that because we don't feel we can control big things, somehow we sense, well, we can't therefore control anything. We end up drifting. We end up veering towards the ditch of passivity. One of the things that really helped me in the early days of lockdown, I listened to a webinar by a Christian psychologist called Dr. Henry Cloud. And he talked about how in a time of crisis, things start happening to our brain. And because we feel overwhelmed, therefore, we, we can actually end up in this state of passivity. So what he said to do, and I found this so helpful, he says, make two lists. Firstly, write down a, a list of things you can't control. So that's what I did. Can't control the spread of this virus. I can't control when we end up um, getting out of lockdown. I can't control when we start gathering together. I can't control the state of the economy. And his thing was, write those things down. And, you know, as a Christian, what I did was almost like say, Lord, I can't control these things. I'm not going to worry about them. I'm not going to stress about them. They're outside of my control. But then he said, write a second list, things I can control. So I started writing things down like exercise, my diet, uh, my, my relationship with Karen, my work, my schedule. And as I started writing that, that, that list down, I thought something almost like rose up. Yeah, a new sense of proactivity. I can maximise this season. We can apply that going ahead. If you, if you, I really encourage you to do that. Write these two lists down as we're coming out of lockdown as you look into the new season. Because what that does, it gives us a right sense of control or responsibility. See, the, the lesson of being peaceful is that God is sovereign. He's in charge. 
But the lesson of proactivity is that you and I have a responsibility and we need to adopt an attitude of proactivity. And this attitude of proactivity just, again, shines beautifully through this, less, this letter of the Philippians. You see, if anyone could have gone into passive mode, it was the Apostle Paul. He's literally locked down in prison with no certainty he's ever going to get out. But rather than giving up and saying, my, my, my job's done, my ministry's over, I'm just going to wait until I, until I die or I get released. No, we see him passionately proactive. Firstly, he's still communicating in lockdown. I love this. He hasn't got Zoom. He hasn't got email. He hasn't got a phone. Um, you know, how did he cope without a mobile phone? He hasn't got a phone. So he uses the one t- uh, tool of communication at his disposal. He starts writing letters. From lockdown, he writes a number of letters. You may have heard of them. He wrote the letter to the Ephesians. He wrote the letter to the Colossians. He wrote the letter to Philemon. And he wrote the letter that we're focusing on, the letter to the Philippians. And those four letters, sometimes called prison epistles, or we could call them lockdown letters, are key part of our New Testament, a key part of the Bible, the, the world's bestseller, but also the Holy Scriptures. We could say Paul Literally, through being proactive, he changed the world and many of our lives from lockdown. Talk about a peaceful proactivity. I decided, um, you know, after the first few weeks of just everything we had to do in the church to kind of move church online and navigate our way through the early weeks of crisis, I decided um, from Easter, uh, I had a project I needed to do. I needed to re-edit my well-being book that I'd written for um, to be able to be used in the wider community and to the wider church. And I thought, I've got a short window, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to get a hold of my schedule. I'm somebody who's naturally a lark. I'm more alert in, in the morning. And so I decided that trying to get good sleep, do my devotions, and then I'd crack on, use those early hours, particularly for breakfast time when I'm on my sharpest, to re-edit this book and then you know get on with all that we, we've been needing to do to to help lead the church. And what I found, little by little, getting a hold of my schedule, reordering my day, has meant that I've re-edited the book, I'm happy with it, I've sent it off to the editors, it feels so good, uh, and I, I believe it's going to be a blessing to many. You know, as you're coming out of lockdown, think, how can you be proactive? Well, you know, what's God called you to, to do? Don't just drift through life, get a hold of your schedule. As much as it's in your control within your working life and your family, even if you've got, only got a little bit of margin, think, how can you make the most of this season? That's the first thing. Be proactive like Paul in communication and in your calling. But the second thing that Paul does um, is that he's proactive in, in, in the way that he prays. You see, a, a trust in God, confidence in the crisis, knowing that ultimately God's in charge, never leads to passivity. In fact, Paul, who expounded more than almost anybody else on the sovereignty of God, God being in charge, was somebody who believed passionately in prayer. It's like he knew that. We're not helpless, but God wants to partner with us through prayer. So if you read um, the, the chapter one, and I encourage you, read Philippians many times over just this week. If you look at chapter one, the first few verses, the f- main focus is, is he's talking about his prayer life. He's talking about how he prays regularly with joy and with love for the Philippians Um, and then later on in the chapter 
He's grateful for their prayers for him. Can I say, let's not be passive, let's be proactive. Maybe you've got sluggish in your personal devotions. Maybe you've stopped praying. Maybe you just feel a bit helpless. Can I say, your prayers make a difference. Praying in your, for yourself, for your family, friends, for the church, for the nation of the nations. Let's be proactive in prayer. And so, third thing is, let's look at the content of Paul's prayer. What's he praying for? Well, he's praying essentially that the Philippians will be proactive in loving each other. Uh, verse one of chapter, verse nine of chapter one says, "And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight." And right through the letter, we'll see, and we'll look at a whole session on relationships. Um, we'll see that relationships and love and unity are a, a, a key message that Paul wants to impart to the church, and I believe to us today. Um, something about being proactive in relationships. Now, when it comes to my relationship with Karen, we have a great marriage, uh, but one of the things that I can be is I'm naturally proactive, but I can be a bit selectively proactive, so I can be really on it when it comes to work, but sometimes at home, I have a bit of a tendency to be less proactive. Um, I'm naturally not very tidy, at least that's my excuse. And so what I decided at the beginning of lockdown was, if we were going to be locked down together, not only living together, but working together in separate rooms, um, although tidiness and a tidy house isn't that big a deal to me, uh, although without being obsessive, Karen likes a tidy and a clean house. So I thought, well, I want to love her and express my love for her, so I'm going to be more proactive, and I'm actually going to make an effort to tidy my clothes. And can I say, she noticed, and it was a blessing to her. I decided to be proactive in a simple uh, area of life. But Maybe even more important than that, or alongside that, let's be proactive in loving and serving. Let's be proactive in keeping in touch. Let's be proactive in resolving differences. Sometimes you can have relational dissonance. You know, the message of Philippians, if there's any unity, sort it out. Let's be proactive. Paul says this in chapter 1, verse 27, and this could be a message for us today. Stand united, be united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message. Let, let's be united. There was a situation in the church in Philippi that was causing division. And Paul's like, no, we've got to deal with that. Don't let the cancer spread. Let's be proactive in unity. Why do we need to be united? Well, because it honours Christ. It brings peace to us. But also in the context of Philippians, Paul's thing was be united for the sake of the message. You see, a united church, both within a local church and across a nation, has incredible power uh, for the gospel. And there's something wonderful going on. At the time of Paul's lockdown, far from his message and his ministry being shut down, we see something amazing happening. Listen to what Paul says. I want to report to you, friends, that my imprisonment here has had the opposite of his intended effect. In other words, rather than him being locked down, causing the gospel to be shut down, he says this, instead of being squelched, the message has actually prospered. In other words, God used the crisis to turn it into an opportunity. And we've seen that during lockdown. Amazingly, across this nation, we've seen more people check out online services, way more than were before lockdown. We've seen the church rise up and serve the needy like never before. We've seen people coming on online alpha courses in huge numbers. You see, God's working in the crisis but it's important that we don't get
get passive. Oh, we can't, we can't serve anybody. We can't share the good news of, with anybody. Let's be proactive as we come out of lockdown and let's be united and let's share the message together. So that's my hallmark lesson of lockdown that I believe runs beautifully through uh, the message to the Philippians. Peaceful proactivity, holding the two in tension. Paul puts it this way in chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. Listen to the balance. Continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's proactivity. And then he says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Or as he puts it in in the message translation, we read this. Now that I'm separated from you, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy and energy deep within you. God himself willing at working on what will give him the most pleasure. So let's just return to our diagram again. Let me ask you to think about this. Which ditch are you naturally maybe more prone to veer towards? Are you maybe more prone to fear and anxiety and falling into the ditch of panic? Or maybe you are more in danger of falling into lethargy. Maybe you have done, or apathy, and into the ditch of passivity. Wherever you're at, can I encourage you, in the big things and in the small things, adopt an attitude of peaceful proactivity. So as we begin to close, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for any who are really battling with fear and anxiety and panic. And I pray for any of you, if, you're, if you've lost energy, you're feeling lethargic or, pa- or passive, let me pray. Father, I want to thank you so much that ultimately you are in charge. You're a good God. You've got a plan for our lives from the beginning to the end. And so I want to pray for anybody right now who is battling and has been battling and is fearful at what's ahead and just constantly anxious and panic can overtake them. I pray right now, as I pray, that they would release their fear to you. And I pray now that the peace of God, your peace, Lord, that passes all understanding will guard their hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, come and break the shackles of fear in Jesus' name. And I pray now, Lord, for any who are struggling with passivity or lethargy. I pray now that your energy, the power of the Holy Spirit, will strengthen them, re-energize them, help them to get a hold of what they need to get a hold of, set them free, give them new confidence in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I trust this message has been helpful. And I'd like us to continue responding as we join with the worship team in singing the song I referred to earlier on, Waymaker. And I want you to declare these truths. And if you don't yet know Christ, why not use this as a moment to give your life to him, surrender your life to him. If you are a follower of Jesus and you need more peace and more proactivity, use this song as a vehicle for your worship.